Hello and welcome to the Man On Podcast with Darren, Martin and Craig. I hope everyone is well. How are you chaps? Yeah, not bad. Um, looking forward to some normal football this weekend. It's about time, isn't it? Yeah. Not enjoying watching England or France beat Gibraltar 14 0 Martin. Not normal football, no. Can't say I watched either of those games, to be honest with you. Um so um so yeah. Yeah, 14 0 is uh, quite crazy, wasn't it? Was it seven nil both halves as well? Um yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a bit of a thump in. Put puts um puts our result against Malta sort of even further in the mud, didn't it? But uh but yeah, not to worry. You'd be absolutely gutted, wouldn't you, if you put a bet on France's highest scoring half being the first half, thinking it's 7 0 at half time. This bet's one, and then it ends up being a draw in the second half. That's one of my uh, favourite football bets against San Marino, to be honest, in the second half, not Gibraltar. But uh, yeah, I digress. That's uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah, digressing a bit. I was looking at just to go slightly off topic for a second, though, I was looking at all the qualification groups, and like people say, Oh, what's you know, what's the point in these fixtures like 14 0? But like, that used to be like Luxembourg, didn't it? And haven't they got like thirteen <laughs> points in this quarter? Like, could they could still qualify, couldn't they? Yeah. It's yeah. like there's some there's some other teams that used to get like walloped every time, um, that have actually got a fair amount of points on the board. So, I suppose that's the that's the other side of the argument. I suppose it was always good playing a playing old football games back in the day, management games, or if you remember like sensible world of soccer or kickoff. And you used to do a World Cup and you get drawn in against Luxembourg and you'd be like, oh, yes, easiest group going. Hmm. Not anymore. The 1990s shit teams ain't that shit anymore. Faroe Islands, Luxembourg, all these sort of teams are actually semi-capable these days. It's just it's just San Marino and Gibraltar that are still... Still, still, still stuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, it, I, I remember as a kid always thinking like, people used to say do you know what if you really want to play international football you should move to one of those countries and after so many years you actually become available to play for them and you know you could actually probably get an international cap for them if if you were right at football start at a young age you know mm. that rules us free out then doesn't it Darren? yeah i was gonna say yeah, yeah definitely by the time i get over to uh gibraltar and and get citizenship i'm gonna be a little too <laughs> ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、ブラジルのチームは、
fixture, but there have been other games where it's been, you know, really entertaining and lots of goals, isn't there? So it could could be one of those. I think um, I've got both. I think I think I will captain Haaland just just because I think if um, if either team was to win by a big score, I would fancy Man City is more likely than than Liverpool. Just defensively, Man City are a bit better, aren't they? Whereas Liverpool a bit more capable of shipping three or four if it goes against them. But. Yeah, yeah, that is a as a consideration. Um, well, I mean, obviously, yeah, you alluded to the fact I don't have Haaland yet. Obviously, Salah is going to be the one making way for him. So I, I think for me, I, I potentially have just, I looked at my team earlier, uh, getting some ideas of what to do. And I've I've got Salah as captain right now, but I think that will definitely change come the end of the game week. Uh, come, sorry, before the de- before the deadline, um, I was looking at transfers today and thinking I w- I'd I'd want to get more Liverpool in for the, for the run they've got, and obviously I was looking at Trent and Darwin, but the idea of this game ch- changing it for this game actually isn't isn't great for me. Um, there's no way I want to bring Trent in before Man City, for instance. It'd just be silly, and 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 again Darwin, I think I can do without it. So yeah, it's. Uh, it's a tricky one on, on, on how this is going to go, this game. I, I I can't pick how this game could go. I think if Man City hadn't just let four in against Chelsea, I'd be quite confident Man City would be quite resilient in defence. They're obviously playing a different system now with sort of four out-and-out defenders rather than sort of inverted full-backs who maybe don't defend as well and things like that. Um, mm. But then it obviously all went sort of up in the air against Chelsea. They let four in, really struggled without John Stones, I think, and the sort of off the ball runs and movements and things he makes. They tried to replicate it a bit with Diaz and Akenji without any anywhere near the success. And that Chelsea way of playing in that particular game did remind me quite a lot of sort of old school Liverpool when they were at their best under Klopp. So if they're going to play a similar system to that and can get close to replicating that way of playing, this Liverpool team could cause Man City problems again in the same way that Chelsea did. So having probably thought a couple of weeks ago, I'd fancy Man City to win this sort of 2-0 or something. This this could easily be a 3-2 game or something now. But I yeah. do I think teams will probably in our predictions league, for example, I think I probably will put something like 3-2 City or something to this game. Yeah, I think I think that I think that's um I think 3-2 is more likely than uh you know nil nil or one nil, I would say. Yeah. Agree. But I do I do fancy City to I do fancy City to maybe to maybe shade it. Um just think after after conceding four last time out, I just think they're going to be really sort of on it for this game. But yeah, we'll see. For me, I think the scary part is Doku against Trent. If that's the way it matches up, if they play him, Doku. Well, yeah, that obviously, um, yeah. but genuinely, I think they will. Uh, and we know that Trent isn't the quickest. He does struggle defensively as well. So getting Doku in behind him or Doku against him. Oh, I think that's a really good, a good thing for, for Man City. Um, I, I if I if I was Pep, I'd be playing Doku against Trent. Like that's that's a, a thing. That, that's the big decision I think for for Pep is probably how he approaches that with with that winger because is it going to be we'll play Doku to exploit in behind Newcastle's defence, particularly Trent, or is it the fact that Doku of all the Man City players is the least sort of technically secure player? And does he want an end-to-end sort of chaos game against Liverpool away he got against Chelsea? And that's why the game was so open, because Grealish provides way more technical security with the ball, ball retention and things like that. Will Pep just want to try and suffocate this game with all of his best ball retention players, Bernardo, Foden, Grealish, all those? Or will he try and play sort of the more dangerous 
players like Adoku or someone who could sort of 1v1 produce a, a big moment. But then equally, whatever he does could give the ball away. And then there's obviously opportunities to counter-attack and things. So having just conceded four against Chelsea, my gut feeling is that Pep might go back to trying to suffocate the game and just trying to keep the ball and not run the risk of being hit on the break by Liverpool, knowing what sort of threat they pose. But I could easily be wrong with that. But that, that would make sense, I think, that Doku's probably on the bench for this. But a bit harsh, isn't it, mm. if, he's scored, if he's just had the impact in the last game and they're benching. Yeah, yeah. it would be. Um, I, I think it'll be great against Trent, but we will see. Um, should we move on? Um, I just noticed that bit at the top of the screen. I put yeah, I put that on ages ago. I think that was um, that's just showing Klopp's record against Guardiola. So I think um, the reason I picked that out was I read I read a stat that Klopp is the only the only manager with um, you know who's up on head to heads against Guardiola. Um, so just a point of interest there. Um, so what is it? What is it? Twenty eight matches, eleven wins, five draws, twelve defeats. Um, there is one that's, that's good, I think. There's one other one. Is there? And, yeah, and I forgot his name. Who's the chap that was the manager of Southampton back in the last year? Hassan. Oh, no, 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 after. Oh. Lower league manager they got in. To... Oh, Nathan Jones. He beat him in the yeah. league cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. He got his name. <laughs> Brain freeze for a second. I think oh, he's 1-0 yeah. against Pep, I think. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Okay. Next up, we have Burnley and West Ham. Yeah, no no stats around this game. Just a sort of discussion point for the four of us. I know West Ham are actually going to play up front because Antonio uh-huh. has obviously been injured for a couple of months by all accounts in playing for don't Jamaica. Do Just don't. So there's arguably a possibility here that any of the four on the screen, so Bowen, Ings, Paqueta or Kudus, there's arguments all any of these four could maybe play up front depending on how West Ham want to approach it. My my mindset is that Bowen's much better off the right than he is through the middle. Um, so okay. if he's historically their best attacker, do you take him out of his best position to accommodate others or do you have others fitting around him? So personal opinion, I do think Bowen probably will start up front, assuming he's fit. Obviously, he's pulled out the England squad. We don't quite know the severity of that yet, but if, he, if he's fit, my gut feeling is it probably will be him up front and then I'll play Kudus um, right. out on the right, probably Ben Rama maybe in the team or something like that. But... If I had the choice, I think I'd rather play Pekka up front, I think, as a bit of a false nine sort of player, a bit of a roamer of space sort of thing, and keep Bowen and Kudus sort of as deeper players to run in behind him. But I think a lot of people are just assuming now Bowen's going to play up front. I'm not so convinced. He's probably what I was getting at with this slide. But yeah, it's obviously a good fixture forever they play up front or even in midfield, really, given how Burnley have defended so far. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not scared by the Bowen is injured thing at all. I think he, he definitely will play. Uh, and I do think he will play up front as well. The, he he played up front last week, uh, sorry, the week, last West Ham game and he scored. So I don't see why they would why they would, why they they would would change it too much. I think they'll play him up top, Paqueta in behind, Kudos on the right and Ben Rama on the left is what I would anticipate. Um, I wouldn't be fearing anyone getting rid of Bowen because of the injury news at all. Uh, it is an interesting one, obviously, with West Ham's fixtures, though. Like, we all bought them in. Is anyone considering Kudos or any defenders, for instance, for West Ham? Well, we, we didn't all bring him in. I said I said I didn't. Um, I don't think Craig's got any either. Um, I'm actually more likely to buy a Burnley player this week because um, I've got Hoy... I've got... Um, Let's hear I've from got that. Hoy, I've got Hoyland and Ferguson at the moment, so my... 
my outstanding record of trying to pick a differential striker sort of goes on because they're both now injured, having done nothing for me. Um, but one of the options I've got is to is to bring in um, Anduni. Um, so as, as just just as a, a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a downgrade frees up a bit of money. It helps me get Gordon to Embuemo next week. Um, and I mean, looking at Burnley's fixtures: West Ham home, Sheffield United home. Um, they've got Wolves, Brighton, Everton, Fulham. Like it's a, it's not a bad run. Obviously, not good news um, about Lyle Foster. Um, you know, wish him all the best, but it does sound like he might be away from the team for a while. So I'm I'm looking at it, and I think, well, I I actually don't need to go as low as sort of Archer or Semenyo. I could get Amdouni and still do what I want to do. If I get him, it essentially means I don't have to play James McAtee for the next couple of weeks. Um, but his fixtures aren't bad either. It's Bournemouth at home and Burnley away. So is it is it worth bothering with? But yeah, Am- Amdouni's a guy that might come in and play a couple of games for me and then just be my first bench for a while. Sorry, um, Mike. But... The, only, the only manager in FPL debating whether to play Amdouni or McAtee. I know, yeah. <laughs> It's where I've got to. This is where I've got to. Um, let's say, yeah, just it just it it helps me. It helps me get Embuemo next week, and I can still keep Harlan, Son, Salah, and Saka basically. So, because a lot of people, you know, might have to sacrifice one of those guys soon. Um, but if I want to keep them all, Anduni is Anduni is an option for me. So I might I might end up buying him this week. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's not a bad shout with given the fact that Burnley have got good fixtures and he's a cheap uh, differential who play, will play every game. Um, obviously, I, I I nearly bought Amduni in Sky if you remember weeks and weeks ago when they mm. had good fixtures and you said don't and then he scored, so that was always fun as well. <laughs> I don't think oh, I've had a podcast has mentioned him all season and somehow we've mentioned him twice. <laughs> Why not? Uh, and I. I think uh, I think you've done all right out of not doing that move in Sky Down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. I was honest, but... I was interrupted by Craig, <laughs> but I was going to back you up with, and it probably did work. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, I've got the Ferguson problem as well, actually, uh, Martin. So uh, I, I will come on to that with with Brighton a, a later on. Um, I'm not. I like I said, I've got Bowen. I'm I'm potentially considering a, a defender for for this run. Um, something like Emerson that could be benchable. Um, just to free up funds as well, but I don't like West Ham defensively <laughs> at all ever. So it's probably it's it's um, one of the many things I'm looking at for this week. If I do any move at all, I might roll and go in next week with a minus four for three transfers, which is something me and Craig discussed before. Actually, um, I think that's that's my plan next week. But uh, I've got Bowen, and I think that's kind of where I'm going to be stuck this week with West Ham. Uh, I'm not considering any Burnley. Um. I've got Charlie Taylor. I've got no intention of playing him. I've got no West Ham. I've got no intention of buying any. Um, <laughs> that's basically Craig, my, uh... Craig has laughed himself through this slide the entire time to be in Martin of Ch- Ch- <laughs> So that tells you all you all you need to know about the two teams on the screen. Um, do you think? Do you think? Like just 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 quickly. Do you think it's worth paying a little bit extra for Amdouni, or would you would you just think well Cameron Archer's Cameron Archer. not 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 any worse <laughs> than him? Just go with Cameron Archer. Given uh, Sheffield United's fixtures, personally, Sheffield, uh, Cameron Archer was the other guy I was looking at for Ferguson to free up money. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a viable option. He plays pretty much every game for Sheffield United, and they've not got a bad run of fixtures either. We'll come on to it. So I don't think 
it's worth the extra money. You're going to be stuck with both of them, Martin. If you've got McAtee already, if you get Archer, you're yeah. going to be caught with both of them. Yeah, got, probably will be. Probably will be. Yeah, don't yeah. want to be caught with. I don't know if you want that. If you're going to get Amdouni, you're not going to get a better two fixtures than these two. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's exactly my thinking. Yeah. Him on again. Um, but if it, if it was yeah. to facilitate McAtee up to Cole Palmer or something, I'd be more inclined to think, yeah, fair enough. But if that's not sort of part of the plan, then I don't think I'd want double Sheffield United attack. To be honest, yeah. I mean, it, it gives me it gives me a couple of options like McAtee up to Palmer. Or Gordon to Embuemo because I've got Gordon and McAtee in midfield at the moment. So if I get Amduni in, it allows me to essentially upgrade one of those two. But how much is he? How much is he? Good question. Uh, we think about maybe transitioning into two strikers. If this is the way to do it, coming getting to him means you can get Palmer as your fifth mid or something in a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's five point um, three, so he is quite a bit more than like Archer. But yeah, for Archer's four point six, isn't he? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Has he gone up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd probably just go to Archer and find the way to get McAtee up would be my uh, plan, I think, Martin, in your position. Even if it takes mm. a couple of weeks. You don't really need Palmer for two or three more weeks yet. Yeah. You might have six tall, Craig. Come on. <laughs> All right. I'll pon- I ponder ponder that. But, um, ponder Palmer. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next we've got... Right. That's done. Next, <laughs> Luton Palace. This is pretty big because I've seen quite a few people looking at Eze now, um, especially if Bowen is out. They might consider Eze. Obviously, Matoma seems like he's out based on the latest report. So Eze is an option from him. So I just thought I'd look at these next three games, which are the standout ones for Palace. As a, I think people may be considering a move to Eze for three weeks and on to Cole Palmer or something like that if they don't already have him. So I just thought I'd have a look at the three games together and just see how bad the defences were that Eze would be sort of coming up against. Um, so, yeah, Luton this week, actually not too bad at home. Um, haven't kept a clean sheet yet, but in terms of shots faced, they're sort of the eighth best. Big chances faced, they're the 12th best. XGC, ninth best. So they're kind of mid-table in terms of home form. So maybe not quite the sort of one-sided game some people might have earmarked this down as for those that maybe just a bit lazy and think, oh, it's Luton and Sheffield United, we just target them everywhere. Luton at home, I think, uh, not that bad. Then Palace next week go away to West Ham, who at home are actually probably a little bit worse than than Luton are. Joint 17th for shot face, joint 14th for big chances and joint 18th for expected goals conceded to the third worst home team in the league. So not a bad game to target. And then... Three weeks time, they've got Bournemouth away, who conceded the most goals um, in their away games, and generally about the fifth win the worst five teams for various metrics in their away games. So, looking at the stats, really, this is probably Eze's hardest game of the next three Luton away because the, the stats suggest that you'd have the, the next two teams, West Ham and Bournemouth, are inferior defensively to what Luton are when they're at home. So, <clears throat> these numbers suggest it's not a bad if you if you're looking for a short term move. If you're not ready to get Cole Palmer yet, or you're not, you've got other plans that you're looking at in the future. You need a, a sort of a pit stop somewhere for a couple of game weeks. The stats are are pretty good for a Crystal Palace player. This is not just as a, but he was obviously the, the the bigger talking point. If you're thinking about it, no, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, my midfield is 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 quite set at the moment. Uh, to be honest with you, um, maybe Diaby will leave it in a couple of weeks' time. But that's kind of it. I'm not looking at making any moves in the midfield. So I'm just, no, I'm not getting any Crystal Palace. I'm not getting Eze in. 
Um, you, Martin, with your striker problems. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't love it to be honest. I think just because, yeah, their next few are okay, but I'd rather. I think I'd rather go to somebody that even if they've got slightly harder fixtures now, if they're going to be better in the long term, I would just get them instead. Like Crystal, I don't just don't think Crystal Palace excite me enough to think. Oh yeah, I'm going to use two moves to get them in for a few weeks and then get them back out again. Yeah. After Luton, after Luton, West Ham, Bournemouth, it's Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, Chelsea, Brentford, Arsenal. That's pretty horrendous, isn't it? That is, um, that is, that is an awful zero point coming up for Crystal Palace. Yeah, that's why yeah. definitely a short-term thing. For three weeks, I think it's good, but you need an off point, really. Yeah, yeah. like I say, two mo- like two transfers to get one out, in and back out again. I, they're not good enough for that, I don't think. Yeah. In, in my position, I've got two free transfers and sort of on the path I'm on at the moment, I'm going to free hit in 18. So obviously I can't carry transfers beyond that. My team is fairly well set for the next couple of weeks. And so if I make all the moves that are kind of temporarily in my plan, I've got a couple left over. So if it, if I've got space in my plan for sort of a, a sort of quick in and out somewhere in the next couple of game weeks, what, what do you think of Eze for, for that spot? I think I'd rather just get Cole Palmer early if you haven't got him. I think I'd rather do that. Cool. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, me and Martin don't seem to be fans of the Eze punt. All right, let's move on. <laughs> great Crystal Palace is doing well. I rate West Ham. We're, we're, we're yeah, yeah, there we go. To be fair, any three of us have never really rated any of those. Um, here's the one. Big game, Newcastle-Chelsea. Another striker for Martin to, to ponder. I think Isak's back yep. um, for this game. Yeah. Um, some stats now. Harry's doing per 90 minutes against his own strike partner, Callum Wilson. And Harland and Salah, and Harland, Wilson, and Isak are top three in the league for a lot of these metrics. Salah's a bit below, but I included him just for he's obviously a big talking point. So just look at whoever Newcastle play up front; their numbers are amazing, right? Um, XG around one per ninety minutes, XGI around one per ninety minutes, goals per ninety is above one in both cases. Big chances quite high as well. Um, yeah, I guess for anyone that's got a striker punt spot open right now. Some people might be getting, may consider moving off Watkins now. Villa's run's finished. Um, that this could be a move from from Watkins. I'd say Martin's got issues with uh, Hoyland. Don't think the price gap's horrendous between those two. Yeah, no. I can do it. I can do it. So could I. I forgot about Isak being back, and I forgot about Isak, Newcastle's very nice run. Um, yeah, I've got a Ferguson problem, and a, and I wanted to downgrade Trip here as well. Because although although Newcastle have got a good run, they definitely are likely to concede against Chelsea, potentially United, and maybe Tottenham there in that next in the next four. So I was considering downgrading Trippier because I don't think he's going to give me enough. Um, you could argue that you might want Trippier back at Fulham, Luton, and Forest, but I don't know. Um, I was thinking of just downgrading, getting another Newcastle defender in, not worrying about it too much because I don't think. His output has been enough recently to warrant the extra money. So I could downgrade Trippier to somebody and then upgrade Ferguson to Isak. That might be what I do this week, considering I I have I wanted to change my striker and I did forget all about Isak. Yeah, so I can I can get him from either one of Ferguson or Hoyland. Um, so he's he's well on radar for me. Mm. But because I've got money in the bank, the quandary I've got is I can also get. I can also do Hoyland to Watkins. So I know you just said people are thinking of selling Watkins now, Craig, but I'm looking at it and thinking, 
you know, I've got I've got two injured strikers. Should I just get a reliable ninety minute man in for at least one of them? Um, and then also in the blank game week, Watkins has got Sheffield United at home, so he's a real captaincy option. Um, I mean, Isak's got Luton away that week, so he's a captaincy option as well, I suppose. But yeah, this is this is the kind of thing for me where the sensible option is just to go and get Watkins. But when it comes to strikers, I don't like to pick the sensible option. I like to do things like this um, and watch it go wrong. Um, <laughs> so I might end up doing that again. What the ticker at the bottom doesn't show is obviously the dates of these fixtures. So in a split, there's obviously the midweek Premier League run coming up. So that's games quite close together. Mm. And in the other midweeks, Newcastle have got two midweeks of Champions League, which are important games. So strongest team needed probably to try out. I think they can still come in the top two, certainly come third, got down to the Europa. And they've got a League Cup quarterfinal as well, which I'm guessing they'll be taking seriously to try and win a trophy. So I don't know when Wilson's due back, if it's any time soon, but there's a lot of games very close together for Newcastle. Um, yeah, about six weeks, isn't it? I think the estimate is. Mm. Yeah, so they've potentially got about eight games in the next four weeks or something stupid like that. So obviously, Tal will do his best to rotate and they could play Joe Linton up front for a game or two, maybe play Gordon up front for a game or two. I think Almiron's back. Maybe there's something they could do with him. I don't know. But which games will they play? Because I don't think he can start them all. Will they play him in the Champions League and hope that they, they get some results there to keep going in Europe? Or will they sort of sacrifice that now and think, no, top four is obviously still very important. We need to start winning league games. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a definition of what you call a punt. But in terms of exciting high upside strikers right now, he's he's right there, he's right up there, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, I don't think he'll play the League Cup game because I mean, we saw the side we saw the side that Hal put out at Man United. Like he doesn't care about that, does he? Um and they still won after, it. <laughs> after that, yeah, and they still still went and won. Um and there is a chance that after their next Champions League game they could be out of Europe. Um, so but you know there's also a chance they could win their next Champions League game and then they'd be very much back in it but mm. yeah it is um, it is a bit of a Hart v head one this part of me wants to get Isak and Solanke Martin for example sorry mate would you afford Isak and Solanke in your two striker spots um, because Solanke will tick the box for the safe 90 minute man and he's got decent enough fixtures which will come to on the Bournemouth slide and then Isak is a bit more of an exciting punt right yeah, I could do that, but that would mean Mbwemo's off the table, really. So that is that is something I've looked at and considered. If I just accept that I'm not getting Mbwemo, and I don't hate that because it, it it then moves me towards I can quite easily get through 18 without free hitting because I've only got one Man City at the moment. Um, so that is definitely an option for me as well, yeah. Quite exciting at the moment, FPO. There are it feels like there's a bit of a template forming, but for, for a few of us that have got slightly different squad, there are sort of other routes to go. And you the, the players that we're considering, like Isak's not going to be in many templates right now. No. Uh, his numbers are well up there with Darwin, who everyone seems to be considering in terms of expected goals and things like that. I think they're even better than Darwin. And he's far mm. more clinical and reliable finisher than Darwin as well, isn't he? So if people are thinking about Darwin, they really should be thinking about Isak. But haven't heard him mentioned uh, too much lately. I think yeah. he was carrying that injury and like because he hadn't hadn't been scoring that high, people kind of just I guess forgot about him a little bit. But the stats are still there. He's now fit again, so he definitely should be in for in contention to be in a lot of people's teams. Um, 
I've got so many options this week. I'm gonna have to. I can't even go through it with you on here because it's just too many. Um, we haven't hit one team yet that I'm considering getting rid of a player from. And if I did that, then there'd be a lot of money available to me this week. So I could get Isak and potentially another decent midfielder or something, actually, or, or back to Mbumo. Too much. Too much choice. Yeah, there's a lot of choice. He's, he's, he's definitely on radar for me, though, this week, Isak. Um, yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's, um, it's him or Watkins, I think. Um, and if I go Isak, then I can, have a, I can have a better sort of third striker. Um, but it means, you know, say, not having Watkins probably for the captaincy. Although I suppose if I decided come game week 18 that I have to have Watkins in for the captaincy, it wouldn't be... I could still have Isak for a good few weeks. There's still, you know, a good chunk of games before that, right? So, you know, yeah. maybe maybe the transfer in game week 18 could be Isak to Watkins. But, so, or yeah, Harlan's Watkins, Martin, if Harlan's or Harlan to Watkins, yeah, that's that's a very good point as well. Yeah, could have all, yeah. Actually, game week, game week eighteen, that's a good front three, isn't it? Um, Watkins at home to Sheffield United, Solanke away to Nottingham Forest, and then Isak away to Luton. Mm. That's not not bad in a blank game week, is it? Very yeah. possibly my front three on a free hit that could easily be. Yeah, mm. but yeah, that's why I'm not shifting on Watkins at the moment. I know they've got Man City and Arsenal coming up, but he could always get a goal. So. You know they look pretty explosive when they when they counter. So I'm all right with Watkins for the minute. Okay, uh, I mean we focused a lot on Isak there. Obviously we we need to look at the fact that Chelsea have got a great run coming up as well. Just briefly, Craig's banged on about Cole Palmer for most of the pod so far. Uh, personally, I think I'll be looking. I I think I'm going to go slightly differential for that run and 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 go for. I, I think I'm looking at Sterling actually. For the for the run, I think I might go Sterling, um, just because I'm at that point now where I need to be a little bit different, but not too stupid. Um, doesn't mean that Cole Palmer won't come into the team at some point in the future. Obviously, Sterling down to Palmer at some point to make that sort of perfect midfield might happen. But I think for the time for the for the Everton, Sheffield United, Wolves, and Palace run, I think I'm going to be looking at. In fact, I could argue that I could get Sterling in this week. You know, Newcastle have got a few injuries, We, as we know. Brighton have got a few injuries. They might be better by game week 14, but still, they've been leaking goals left, right and centre. United are United. They could turn up, they might not, but then you've got that run. So actually, you could argue that maybe bringing a Chelsea player in this week isn't the worst thing either. Um, that doesn't help me. That doesn't help me at all. When I think, look at that now, because I'm just like, oh no, I could just do a Chelsea player this week, couldn't I? Why am I worrying? Um, They're on radar for me at the moment. If I go through with my sort of main plan, I'll be getting Palmer next week ahead of the good run, just because it fits in with what I'm trying to do and freeing up money and things. And I'll also be getting Reese James um, for that good run, which is very punty and uh... random. I think I'll have space for him. Um, around game week 16, game week 17 for five or six weeks. So I think I'm prepared to to go there, shall we say. But, uh, you know, I, uh, Rhys James is on my radar for that one as well. I think Rhys James will be a... If you don't have Rhys James by that fixed, let's call it the green run, then yeah. you and if you haven't got any money in the bank, then you might need to make a plan because he's going to rise heavily in, before that game, those game weeks. He definitely will. 
Um, unless, of course, in the next three weeks he gets injured, <laughs> which is Reese James. He definitely could. Um, that, that that run is over Christmas as well. Remember, he's not gonna he's not gonna be playing every three days. Reese James. Oh, true. It's, oh, Reese James. What a Christmas present. Forest <laughs> out. Forest and Brighton. Oh, look at that injury list. Right here, but I've a tweet from Kieran. FPL discomfort, which is on the slide. Uh, Ferguson and Matoma have gone down injured as well on over the international break, adding to the list that's already got Dunk, Dahoud, I think, banned. March obviously still injured, Welbeck and Milner. So I'd like to think that we kind of know the uh, Brighton attack for this game because I think Joel Pedro will have to play up front, won't he? Because there's no one else. You think yeah. Adingra and Fatty will probably be in the attacking line somewhere? Yeah. Um, maybe Lalana or something. So this is Brighton, though, probably the most unpredictable team in the league in terms of starting lineups and formations and who plays where. Um, all we haven't seen really is Pascal Gross in goal, but but maybe that maybe that'll happen soon or something. But I think this Brighton run, I'm I'm selling Matoma this week. He's definitely my. I've got two free transfers. No, he's the player that has to leave my team. So not 100 percent sure I'm selling him for. But there's a slide coming up where I'll, I'll sort of make a point, but. In general, I think Brighton are in a void now. They just rotate too much. We've we've, we've all yeah. had a little punt. You guys have had Ferguson hasn't worked. I haven't got loads out of Matoma. To be fair, I think it's time we just get off Brighton, isn't it? And accept yeah. that it was a sort of failed experiment and move on to the yeah. next failed experiment. They are yeah, the new, they are the so. new rotation. <laughs> um, just just on just on Forest, I was looking at strikers earlier uh, with with the Ferguson news, and I did look at one year. Um, don't know if there's any love for a one year. Brighton, Everton, Fulham, Wolves in the next four. It's not bad mm-hmm. considering Brighton's injuries, especially to their defence. Everton, not great. Fulham, they're, they're, they're all right. An away game to Fulham. and it's, In fact, it's an away game to Fulham and an away game to Wolves, both who aren't aren't terrible at home uh, this season more so. So I didn't hate the one-year punt if anyone's going there, but... Um, I thought I'd just highlight that quickly. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have Slanky. I think um, just you just know he's uh-huh. you know you know you know Slanky's you know Slanky's going to play every game and play yeah. 85, 90 minutes. Whereas at Forest they've got they've got other options. You know they can play they can play Chris Wood. They've got a Rigi there. Um, in you know we've seen in some in some of the difficult games he likes to just play Gibbs White and Alanga as the outlet. Um, yeah, I'd. I'd like considering their, you know, is, is he one he's actually a bit more than Slanky, is he? Uh, six point a one he's six point four. Is he Slanky's a uh, Slanky's also six point four? Yeah, say. for the same for the same price. You uh, get Slanky my, all day. It's, it's Slanky for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I just wanted to shout it if anyone was considering it. I wouldn't put them off, but yeah, no. I mean, if you're putting the two up against each other, it's definitely uh, yeah, Slanky for me as well, actually. I mean, I've picked him a few times in the free hit team this year. Not not great, unfortunately. He picked him in the wrong weeks. Um, and yeah, no Brighton for me. I I'm, I luckily escaped the Matoma problem because um, I'd have been really cheesed off with Matoma around Ferguson and the team. Uh, but there we go. Uh, okay, over to Sheffield United Bournemouth. It's talking a Don. Yeah, so good slide here from FPL Meerkat. Charlie did his own... I spoke about it before, doing my own FDR for attacking and defensive uh, fixtures. He's uh, done his own one as well, and I largely agree with what he's done. So rather than do my own and spend time in that, I just stole his. So uh, <laughs> At least you credited is, him. At least you credited yeah, I credited him. him. So this is his attacking um, fixtures. So from an attacking point of view, the lower the score on the table 
the better. So over the next three fixtures, Burnley's attack is got a score of six. So technically, they've got the best three fixtures for attacking potential the next three weeks. Um, so if you're <laughs> In, uh, <laughs> um, followed by Sheffield United and Crystal Palace, both with seven. So if you are looking at Eze, Edward or someone like that, go there. But so if you stretch it a bit further to five games, then second place is Bournemouth with 14 after Burnley's 11. Um, and still quite good after eight games, Bournemouth on 26, Burnley 25. Brentford becomes slightly the best there with 23 missing game, obviously in the run because of the blank. Mm. So... If we are looking at, as you say, Martin, a safe player over a set number of game weeks, using, obviously, Charlie's opinion here, uh, how he views the sort of attacking capabilities against the really uh, FDR for attacking fixtures, Bournemouth come out of this looking really good. So mm. um, maybe is an option for you for a slightly extended period if you can if you can find the money for it. Yeah, I say I can definitely find the money for it, but I, I probably can't, just can't have him and Waymo. So... Um... Brentford are yeah, good as maybe. well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's Brentford, yeah, you just highlighted Brentford are good as well. So good as well. you're going to go for Mbomo. I can, I can help Mbomo. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't count on it. This is me. You know how much I love three up front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't honestly think there's too much to say about this, apart from if you've got Cameron Archer, you might play him in the next two games. <laughs> That's kind of all I've got. Yeah, he's done, he's done a, Charlie's done a defensive FDR as well, which is obviously the different scoring because what might be a good fixture for a team from an attacking standpoint, it might not be a good one from a defensive standpoint. If he's playing against the Brighton, for example, which is not good for a defender playing against Brighton, but probably pretty good for an attacker. So worth checking out both of his sort of FDRs. But I thought it was quite a good way of gauging a fixture depending on what sort of player you're looking to bring in. Um, yeah. Because they, we've spoken before that FDRs are a bit generic. This is probably a little bit more detailed. So I liked it. But yeah, Solanke uh, comes out of this very good. Or, or Bournemouth. Doesn't have to be just Solanke, but he's obviously the main man there. Mm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be looking at many others, in all fairness. Um, okay, cool. Uh, next up is, here we go, Brentford Arsenal. Yeah, yeah um, and my big decision for weeks, it goes on a little bit what you said, Darren, about Sterling um, and other players like that. That mm -hmm. Ideally, if you play the fixtures... Coming up, you, it, maybe you might look to get a player in a week before is ideal based on what the fixtures are telling you. So at the moment, Brentford, you want them next week. They play Luton. Maybe don't so much want them this week against Arsenal. So as an example, in my team, I'm looking, I've got Diaby and I've got Matoma. Both will leave my team soon. I could go Matoma to Eze for a couple of weeks and then just get in Buemo next week for Diaby. And then down the line, I move Eze on and get Cole Palmer. Or I just get the two players I actually want long-term, which is Embuemo and Palmer, in earlier. So I get Embuemo this week, even though the fixture is not great, and I've got double Arsenal defence, so not ideal to play him against them. Uh, and then I get Palmer next week, which is, again, probably a week or two before Chelsea's great run really starts. But he's in place already. So at the moment, Embuemo is 6.8. I think he is a good, strong possibility that he'll get a price rise in this game week. I think he's the the projector sites are saying he's sort of ninety one percent towards the price rise. So I wouldn't be surprised if by Friday he goes up, and then he will be the hot topic of next week. Everyone's going to want to get him in for Luton, so it's feasible to me that he'll go up at least once. He might even go up twice next week. So if you if you're one of those managers that likes to wait till the end of the week for the press conferences and all those things, he might be seven point one if you've got to wait to get him in after the press conferences before they play Luton. Money does feel a little bit tight right now. Um, 
basically, do I just get him in now? Even though it's a week early, it saves me the aggravation of checking price predictor sites all next week, thinking and stressing about whether he'll go up or not. Um, I can guarantee I can just get him in now for 6.8 and it, it's done, as long as he doesn't get injured here. Um, he's already in place a week before everyone else, and then next week when everyone else is getting him in with their free transfers, I can then look for sort of the next popular player sort of thing. So that's my probably main dilemma of the week, really. And a general thought around, is it a bad thing to get a player in a week before or two weeks before you ideally want them? Well, we discussed this on last week's pod, didn't we, briefly? That was kind of the way you started. said you were going to start to sort of play, is, is jump on players with a, maybe a potentially not great fixture, but get them in early before price rises and then all that malarkey. And then you can move on to the next person who's going to be hot before anyone else because you made the move last. So, you know, given myself for an absolute uh, comparison here, I obviously am not looking at Mbumo until next week. So again, like you'll have him, so you can potentially move someone else on who I can't next week. Um, I, I don't hate that strategy at all. You know, I mentioned it earlier, like with the Sterling thing, like, oh, actually, why am I so put off by the fixtures? I think we pay too much attention to the FDR a little. I, I'm certainly criminal of doing that at the moment, is looking at those pretty white, pretty reds and greens. Um and that's why I looked at it earlier when, when it was laid out in front of me and I thought about, instead of the colours, I thought about the teams and, and, and their stats. Getting a Chelsea player in early, at the, 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 then then their green run actually isn't going to be that bad at all. So I, I don't hate that strategy at all, Craig. And I, I can see if you've got two free transfers, why not make that transfer early, especially considering you've got a Mitoma problem anyway. Um, for, for, for me, uh, it's... Um, it would be too many moves because I already need to take a minus four. So yeah, I can't, I can't get him in until next week, potentially if I want to get a Chelsea one in this week. Yeah. I think, um, same as what I said when we were on the crystal palace slide, really, I think, yeah, if, if Mbwemo and Palmer are the two you want, I would just, I would just make those moves. And then presumably that means that you, you know, you're going to have two free transfers, you know, in hand for the next few weeks. I suppose, you know, you never know what issues you might face. So I think I'd rather do that than mess around getting a Palace player in and then back out again. Yeah, I think it's what I'm most likely to do. At least, you know, you're getting him at sort of not rock bottom prices, but his, his price is only going one way in the next couple of weeks, right? In Boimo. So, you, yeah. You, you yeah. Know, he's, he's easily going to be seven, seven million in the, in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, is right now, certainly, I feel like 0.2 in the bank as well, so it makes sense. Me to time to mention. <laughs> what a song that is, by the way. It's simply red for you. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on from that. Uh, I guess we shouldn't. Arsenal, very quickly. Jesus was spotted training with Brazil. I mean, he wasn't spotted, he was training with Brazil. Um, so he could be on his return soon, I guess, and I one to keep an eye on. Uh, I guess uh, most people have got Saka. He started the England game tonight. I have absolutely no idea how that's going um, or if he's come off injured yet. Um, so, again, I don't think I don't think many people are looking at, at Arsenal assets going forward at the moment. You know, most people have got Saka. Most people have got one or two defenders, if you're Craig. Um, you know, I've got Saliba myself. So, I think... There's no way you're moving off them, not not with sort of not with their fixtures coming up. That you just you just keep them, don't you? Um, I guess if you've got two, you might consider an extra one. I, I did potentially look at doubling up on Saka with Martinelli, 
uh, for the next for the next run of games. But I've had bad experiences with that. <laughs> that's not a discreet move, is it? No, Another... no, it's a that's a luxury move which I don't have. And game week eighteen, yeah. Martin spoken about Liverpool away as well. Just have it on your radar that obviously not an ideal fixture in game week eighteen if you buying an Arsenal player in the next couple of weeks you could have that issue then yeah okay Boop. right hear me out Tottenham Ars, Aston Villa I'm thinking of selling Son have I heard you out is that all of it are you out no yeah no <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I pause for dramatic effect if I'm completely honest with you um, I don't particularly like the fixtures too much going forward I guess Forest and Everton are, are, are a problem for me uh, if I did that I consider maybe getting someone in. I'd like to see if Madison's fit by that time. I don't know how long Madison's out for. I didn't think it was too long. Um, I knew it was going to be weeks, but again, that's coming into that Christmas period. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see. That's who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking right now of Son and Ferguson to Sterling and Isak is the two moves I'm looking at and, and holding Trippier. Uh, for the time being, that's the kind of move I'm looking at. I just, I'm just fed up. With Son. At home, Darren, to get Sterling away to Newcastle, like the best XGC defense in the league. Say that again, mate. Sorry, I missed the very first part. Newcastle are the best XGC defense in the league, I think. And you're going to buy a midfielder playing them away for a hit. You're going to be buying that player to, against probably the deadliest attacking midfielder in the league. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but obviously it it kind of accumulates into what we've been talking about today. You know, jumping on a player potentially early. I have to, I have to make two transfers to be able to get focusing up to somebody. Um, that's the other problem. Um, I'd rather have Trippier given the choice if it was if it, that was a decision one or other of them two. I don't know if Martin agrees or disagrees, but that that would be my choice. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've got a sort of inbuilt aversion to Sterling anyway. Um so I'm probably not the best person to ask. Um <laughs> but um yeah I, I mean I've got Son. I've got I've got no intention of selling him. I know I know um James said on one of the pods he did recently for Planet FPL that obviously he's a Tottenham fan and he was saying he doesn't like Tottenham. He doesn't like Son for captaincy this week because because of no Madison but doesn't necessarily think he's a he's a sell. Um. Yeah, he he is just pretty talismanic, it's, especially like without Madison and and stuff. Now, he, like they are going to be relying on Son. They're still gonna they're still going to attack teams, aren't they? Because that's just the way Poster Coglu is. I think, even though they're a bit light at the back. Um. So yeah, selling Son isn't isn't really on my radar at the moment. Just a stat that someone I think was on BBC Five Live that was. Shared by Matt Lynch here, the Aston Villa top for offsides this year, forced 58 offsides. Obviously, play with a very high line. Tottenham second in terms of catching teams offside with 38. So, we've got the two teams here that both like to play high line, both like to try and catch the opposition offside. And based on current availability, they're both very slow defences. Tottenham have got Ben Davis <clears> and Derek Dyer and are like playing at centre back. And Aston Villa have got Paul Torres, who's very slow. Um, Ezra Conte is obviously a bit better on on defending a high line with pace, mm. but there's two defences here. Time your runs right, you're in behind. That's obviously good news for Son and for Watkins and maybe Moussa Diaby as well. All three of those with pace that like to run in behind, and because the three of them have got pace, if they got a reason to be offside, can they manage their runs that they don't play right on the shoulder? They play sort of 
half a yard deeper because, say, Son will still run away from Paul Torres quite comfortably. And I imagine Watkins will run away from Eric Dyer quite comfortably. So do they really need to push the boundaries of being right on the shoulder of the teams here? But the Villa and Tottenham, I don't think, will change the way they play. So I think they both will still defend with the high line. Tottenham have got no bassoon reefer, I don't think. So that's obviously another problem for them as well in front of the... I think he's banned for a fifth yellow. Oh, he is. Yeah, yes, he is. He's on, yeah, very good um, point. This feels like another 3-2 game to me. It's, I actually think Villa might pinch this. And I'm usually quite a pessimistic Villa fan, but I think we might win this. Um, but That doesn't convince me not to sell Son. But I think it's... Well, he's the one player they've got who wants to run in behind, right? If you've got a yeah. fixture that sort of suits that sort of capability, then this is it. And Villa away have been atrocious in quite a few away games this year in terms of... Yeah. He, he did yeah. have a... Um, what's it called, didn't he? He did have a slight knock son, didn't he? Uh, he looked all right scoring for South Korea the other day. Was it Was it not after that? Uh, I didn't see anything. I, I saw he scored the other day. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't seen any other news that he might be injured, to be honest. But I, maybe I just missed it. Every time he plays a game, someone in the crowd's got a video of him limping somewhere. And every time he plays the next yeah. game, he feels like one yeah. of those players. He's got like a permanent limp. Basically, Saka. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, all right, maybe I'll maybe 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 I need to rethink the Son thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's ridiculous to sell him. Like, but yeah, it it is. You know, after this, it is City away. You know, West Ham will obviously defend deep. Newcastle at home's tricky. Forest away, the good home record. I don't think it's crazy because he is expensive, but yeah, that, I mean, um, it does a lot for me. You know, it it gives me my Chelsea midfielder. It upgrades my Ferguson to Isak, and I'll have a little bit in the bank then. So if I wanted to maybe take Trippier to uh, Trent for a bit for that run, I could do that. Um, I've got to get rid of DRB in the, in a, you know, so I can get rid of him to Mbumo and then someone else. It's, it does free up a little bit of money as well for me. So it's a consideration. It's definitely uh, I'll have to I'll have to sleep on it in it. One of those. Um, yeah, could be a good match though. I'm quite looking forward to that one. Scoring. It should be high scoring. I think. Yeah, it won't be televised. <laughs> you wait. Uh, Everton United. So some stats here about Everton attack um, across the last two weeks, the last four weeks and the last six weeks. Just I think it shows a little bit of a drop off. So across the last six game weeks, they're the sixth best attack in the league for minutes per chance created, 7.1 minutes per chance over six game weeks. Then so across the last four weeks, that drops from 7.1 minutes to 11.5 over the last four weeks. They're the second worst team in the league for creating chances. And then the last two game weeks, despite the fact they scored three against Crystal Palace as well in this run, they're still the 15th best for minutes per chance. So I don't really know where I'm going with this. I don't think we was really necessarily looking at Everton attackers. I know Jack Harrison's come into the team and looked like he's involved and fitted in quite well. Carl yeah. staying fit for a bit. And then obviously Man United defence is what it is. At a time when people are maybe looking at um, defender transfers, people might consider Man United, especially like Harry Maguire right now, who's like 4.2 or something, might be an option for people on a free up money. Personally, I wouldn't do that because I think Luke Shaw's coming back and I wouldn't be surprised if they play him centre-back rather than full-back um, just because of the way Man United play at the moment. I think I feel like he's a possible solution for sort of the Lissandro Martinez role, as I will call it. I think Man United have struggled to sort of replace that. But Shaw, I think, is capable of playing that role to a decent standard. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Shaw play left centre-back if, if he is back for Man United this weekend. But What, alongside Maguire? Uh who knows who's going to play right centre-back? It could be any of them, couldn't it? Phil Joe. <laughs> All the other ones prefer to play right side, don't they? Um, yeah. Moran, 
Lindelof, Maguire. I think Ten Hag sees them all as right centre backs predominantly. Um, Ten Hag doesn't see Varane at all. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. So that, that would put me off by Maguire, by the way, if people were thinking about doing that. He might still play, but I'd be put off doing that. But if you've got a Man United defender, i.e. a Maguire, you might want to play him for this game because, I say, Everton's attacking numbers don't seem that impressive the last... It seems to have dropped off the last sort of four weeks. But mm. if I'm being honest, I was struggling for an angle into this game, so this is what I came up with, but it's not massive. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I've, I've, <laughs> I think this this feels like one of those games where... You, you know, sometimes in football, where like the the narrative is just all there, and you're just like, "Well, this is like for the for the story. This is what's going to happen." It, this feels like one of those games for me, where Everton have just been deducted ten points. Man United, there's all this um, sort of you know people joking that they're the they're the form team in the league. They've won four out of five, but they've looked pretty crap in doing it. Um, I think I think Everton are going to win. I just. Just, just one of those games where you just got a feeling that all the pieces fit together and Everton will win this game. I think but. that's class that Man United are a form team in the league. And every week on here criticising how bad they are and something. I know, yeah, they are though. Yeah. That's the problem. Like from an asset point of view as well. For this is what we talk about. It's uh, it's been shocking. Uh, cool. And then Fulham Wolves. So, yeah, shout out to the Above Average pod. They've done a bonus point pod um, yesterday that came out. It was really insightful around um, all sorts of like BPS um, and baseline bonus. And one of the big sort of standouts from it was Bernd Leno in goal um, in terms of how far ahead of all the other Fulham players he is for bonus. So basically, if they keep a clean sheet Fulham, he's going to get probably 10 points every time because you'll get the clean sheet, the three bonus points and probably a save point or two as well. That's how good he is. And I think the, the overriding sort of thought from the pod was that he was probably the best keeper in the game. Um, a bit like sort of Nick Pope when he was at Burnley a couple of years ago. So I just thought I'd have a look at Leno because Fulham have got some half-decent games coming up, particularly at home. Wolves, Forest, West Ham and Burnley in four of the next six game weeks looks really good. Um, and I was actually considering whether I should bring him in. Um, I've got so I've got two free transfers, not a lot to do. So I've got the luxury of making a goalkeeper move if it made sense. But then I started to break down his home and away form so far, and there's a, a big difference. And strangely, his form's far better away than what it is at home. So you look at these next four home games and think, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind actually getting him in for there because there's clean sheet potential in those games. And there still might be. But points per start is, is sort of two less at the moment, 2.8 at home compared to 4.9 away. Two save points at home compared to nine away. No bonus points compared to eight away. 20-point swing, actually, at the moment between... Leno, you'd be frustrated if you had rotating keepers and played Leno in all the home games and benched him in all the away ones, right? Which someone might have done. They had two 4.5 keepers to start the season. But um, it's basically put me off bringing him in. I was thinking about getting him in for Flecken for a couple, for, and just keeping him in now as the sort of best goalkeeper in the game because that's what the, the bonus point pod suggested he probably was. And it was hard to disagree with that. And I say, if I was going to do it, this might look like a good week, but I'm not so sure now. Fixture-wise, he's not got terrible fixtures going forward, has he? Um, has a potential clean sheet or two in there, definitely. Um, and obviously the teams he's playing, like Liverpool, Newcastle, there's definitely save points to be had in there, isn't there? So, yeah, it's uh, it's not a bad shout. It's just one of those things with keepers, isn't it? Like you pick your keepers at the start of the season and you try and stay with them. And I, I hate making a transfer for keepers, but sometimes it might be a necessity. I've got Leno and uh, mm. Leno. I've got um, Flecken and Ariola at the moment, and I just yeah, I don't know how that, how I feel about that any longer. 
but I can't really afford to to make a change in the goalkeepers. I think you've just I think you've just put me off um, buying Leno and Sky on Monday, Craig. There but, uh, <laughs> with all those all those home games. Yeah, well, if he's doing poorly at home and he's got mostly home games, and then Liverpool and Newcastle away, <laughs> that's not great, is it? Well, it's um, right? Maybe he's underperformed at home. I don't know. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's intimidated by his own crowd. It's interesting. Yes, yeah, it is it is different. Um for this particular game though against Wolves, there's also no Polina, which is um which uh, is which yeah. is big. Like if you if you look at Fulham's record with and without Polina, it's um it's mad. Yeah. Um so he's basically their Rodri. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. Mad. So yeah, not so good, not so good for for this week, maybe. But uh I assume he's suspended for the game and not not uh, not injured. And Craig Dawson as well. Everyone in Sky that we might have considered for a, a short-term move for a captaincy in Sky to cover this fixture. Dawson for Wolves because he might score header from a set piece or something. He got a fifth yellow in his band and Palini got a fifth yellow in his band. So Neto's obviously injured. We don't think he's back. So the three sort of main players you'd probably consider are all out by the looks of things for this. For, for That's obviously a Sky dilemma. But yeah. Most skippable game in Sky history. I think, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Unless, yeah, fair point. Um, that's another portal together. Um, and I think, ladies and gents, that would be that. That'd be that. You tell everyone about the uh, your uh, guest appearance this week, Darren. Uh, yes, I am jumping on to uh, Roberto Hollis's pod. Um, he's been asking for a while. So I thought I'd better do it. <laughs> I'm joking. Big fan of the show. Uh, he's a really nice guy, actually. So uh, I'm really looking forward to, to jumping on that. Um, what's, what's the pod called, Darren? Uh, the pod is called, oh, off the top of my head. Good point. I've, I've done that to you on purpose. It's called uh, the, the, the form temporary. is temporary. The form, form is temporary. temporary. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got to remember these things. Um, it's too many pods, isn't there? That's the problem. Uh, the form is temporary. <laughs> that is exactly it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've done. A, I haven't done a, another pod a, appearance in in quite a while. Actually, I think Juice was the last one I did last season. I'm pretty sure. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, that'll be a good one. gives us gives us lots of uh, encouragement. as old Roberto, doesn't he? So it does yeah, yeah. So that'll be a good looking look, looking forward to that. Um, I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, we will be, uh, me and Martin will be back sometime this week, potentially with the Gaffer podcast. Yes, uh, we will. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if Craig's planned anything this week, but if not, then uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday. We might have something else in Sky or something. We'll see. We haven't done a Sky pod for a few we weeks. haven't done a Sky pod. And somebody was asking recently, and appreciate that person as well. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, they did ask if he was looking for our Sky content and realised that we only did one like once a month. Um, so we might, we might want to have a look at doing maybe some more on Sky. Oh, I've got so much to remember. Don't worry about it. Cool. Right. Thanks, everybody. Here's all.